welcome. Good to have everyone today. If you uh, haven't noticed or you don't know what's going on today, we're starting something brand new that's going to be a combination of not only what we do here, but it's going to be a combination of what you're going to do uh, for those of you that are part of Antioch West, what you're going to be doing in your small group after we are done. Um, if you haven't seen or heard about this, everybody today that's a part of Antioch West or those of you that are watching will be receiving a uh, copy of this. Now, you have a choice. You can receive it whether you want to get a hard copy like I'm holding here uh, that has all of the notes in hard copy form, or if you would prefer, you can receive a digital copy. Now, if you want a digital copy, uh, right there on the screen right now, you'll see if you would email AntiochWest at myantioch.org and just request today's notes. We will send you a PDF copy of that free of charge. There's no charge in this. Um, it's free for you, for you to be able to take what we're talking about today. But more importantly, I will tell you, I'm not going to cover probably more than 5% of what's in here. Um, this is a, this is not really a set of notes. It's really a discipleship guide. And what I mean by that, this is, is that this is not just for today. This is for you for the next couple of weeks. So you can take what's in here and you can, uh, read and study and let the Lord speak to you through his spirit and his word. And it's all right here for you to kind of keep you on track with what we're talking about today and the title of this fruit matters. So you'll be receiving this today again. You're more than welcome to participate. You can take this if you'd like, but this does no good to you if all you do is look at it today for a brief minute and then it goes on your shelf or you, it gets buried in your inbox or on your phone or wherever else if you have a digital copy. This is at its core what we believe God has challenged us with, and that is to be hearers of the word and doers also. Not just hear, but be doers. And so this really is a guidebook, a guide, a, a guide, discipleship guide to being a doer of the word. Now, I'm, it's, I will tell you before you get into it today, it's not going to be a breakdown of if, you know, do this, do that. There are some, some suggested steps in here of things you can do, but they're very, they're very, uh, open-ended, meaning it's just a starting point for you to take. And then as you and Jesus start to talk this out, he will show you exactly what's in here he wants to talk to you about. So a lot of times we want the breakdown, okay, say this, do this. Well, that doesn't really work for everybody. So this is a, a starting point for all of us, and God will lead us and guide us. As a part of that, too, for those of you that are a part of Antioch West, and you'll be going to your small group today, not only will we be doing this uh, individually, but we'll be partnering up with other believers in our groups, uh, to be partnered with them in this. Because again, we talked about this several weeks ago, the power of partnership, the power of two by two, uh, and what, uh, discipleship is not meant to be lived out in a singular setting is that throughout the New Testament, the power of community was, was constantly echoed. And so uh, all that being said, um, Here's where we are today, and uh, again, if you want a digital copy right there on the screen, you can see AntiochWest at myanac.org. If you would just send that to uh, and ask for today's notes, we will send you a copy of that. Again, free of charge, or you can receive a hard copy today when you go to small group. Uh, if you want a hard copy, we have no ability right now to send it to you in the mail. Unfortunately, if you're not in this area um, and you're not a part of a small group, the best we can do for you is send you a digital copy. Uh, but if you are a part of small group and you show up today, your small group leader will have a hard copy available for you to take. I will just ask this. Please don't take it if you don't have interest in using it. Um, and I don't mean that to be silly, but these were not free. Uh, these were we spent money on these. And so if you're not going to use them for what they were intended for and you want to take them home and use them for a, a doodling sheet, please don't do that. Uh, if you would. Please um, take them and use them. That's what they're there for. All right. So all that being said, let's get into it today because we have a good foundation to lay. This is uh, the beginning of our Fruit Matter series. This is week one. And today we're really going to be focusing on the kind of the, the foundation of this entire series. And that is what is fruit and 
ultimately, why does it matter? Why should it matter? Why does it matter to you? Why does it matter to those around you? And so that's really what we're going to be getting into today uh, as the foundation. And uh, it's week one. Um, I'm going to let you know right now, this series is going to be probably a little longer than you would think because we have a lot of ground to cover. It's really hard to talk about the fruit of what God's doing in your life in just a few weeks. So uh, this is going to be something we're going to be joining together across all of Antioch West. Uh, and I hope we become passionate about this. I hope this is something that becomes um, just sort of, um, if you could say it this way, intertwined into our DNA, that fruit matters. Fruit matters. I was going to put this on the screen, big, bold letters, fruit matters, but hopefully I'll say it enough today that you'll get the message as well. And then when you receive your notes today, it's right at the top, right at the top fruit matters. And so, um, I really am excited about what God's going to be doing in all of us and the challenge that lays ahead, uh, in what God is going to be doing and the, 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 the opportunity for transformation in all of us as God begins to speak to us and continues to speak to us. So let's start off with this question. <laughs> Excuse me for a second. Uh, what makes you a Christian? Now I know I, I, uh, that is a huge question, right? That is a massive question with a, a, a large answer bank. If you could call that, there are many ways you can answer that question. And so, uh, if I said to you, what makes you a Christian, let me ask it this way. Uh, it may be a more precise way of answering it. Uh, what is the evidence in your life of your Christian walk? I'll give you a moment to pause and think about that for a second. If I followed you around this week and somehow tomorrow morning I w showed up at your house, uh, knocked on the door and said, hey, can I come hang out with you this week? And so I hung out with you this week, starting Monday all the way through Saturday in your normal life. Now, notice I left out Sunday. But Monday through Saturday, if I walked around with you and we hung out together, we ate together, we uh, we did, we entertained ourselves together, whatever other things that we do throughout the week, work, play responsibility, what evidence would I see in your life of your Christian walk? <clears throat> what evidence would I see? Now, I'm going to tell you this real quick before you get too deep into this and you think I'm going where I'm not going. I'm going to let you know, if you hung out with me for a week, you would not see perfection. I'm going to let you know right now, you're not seeing perfection. You're going to actually see a lot of imperfection. So before you think I'm going to the point, well, you know, if you hung out with me, oh God, I hope no one hangs out with me. I'm not perfect. I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't hang out with me because I'm not perfect. You're going to see some, you're going to see some rough edges. You're going to see some things that, um, aren't pretty some days. But you know what? In some ways, I will tell you that's not what I'm talking about because we are human. We're flesh. Now, I'm not excusing behavior. I'm not saying that behavior is okay. Trust me, Jesus is working a lot of things out. What I'm saying is, is that your evidence of Christianity is not on your perfection. Your evidence of Christianity, if I say to you, let's walk around and see if you're a Christian, it's not a scorecard. Okay, let's see, you know. You ever take a, you take, how many of you out there have taken your driver, driving test or remember? Some of you may be old, can't remember your driving test. But I remember the driving test. It was so nerve wracking because I had the driver and driving instructor sitting there with that clipboard. Yes, I don't know if they do it with an iPad now. They probably do. I'm old enough. It was a clipboard. And they sat there with that clipboard and you're, you're trying to pay attention to what you're doing, but you're watching them move that pen around on that paper and you don't know if they're checking off good job or if they're saying fail, 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 fail. It's nerve wracking. So when I say if I followed you around for a week and I observed you, I'm not talking about the fact I'm going to look at you with a clipboard and go, ooh, he had a bad thought. Ooh, no. My question to you, what would be the evidence of Jesus in your life? Where would I see Jesus in your life? And more importantly, what would be the evidence and how would I see Jesus in your life? Because in large or, 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 or in, 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 
in, in a grand scheme or grand scope of things, I want to say this statement. Christianity has an image problem. Christianity has an image problem. And what I mean by that is, is that what people see and what we say are not matching up. And so it gives us an image problem. I'll give you an example. There is a, there was a trend, uh, on social media for a while. I think you can still find, in fact, I think they made a show of it somewhere on one of the streaming channels. They made a show. And the basis of the whole entire trend and the show was, is it fake? Is it cake or fake? I think that's how you say it. If it's, is it cake or fake? Meaning there'd be two image, two, two items. Both looked extremely realistic. One was a cake and one was fake. So, for example, one of the best ones I've seen, and maybe you've seen it, it was this guy created a Doritos bag. And it's laying there, and it has the shine and the crinkle of the real bag. But when you look at it, you go, well, that's a Doritos bag. And then he takes a knife, and he cuts it, and you realize it's a cake. It's amazing. There's others, but that Dorito bag always sticks out to me. And I think in some ways that's what we've done. We've tried to create images that project something. But in reality, is that who we really are on the inside? Or better yet, we've done a good job at trying to determine what makes a good Christian. And then kind of like this, I'll give you a good example. Look at this. Can you tell me which one of those is fake? Take a good look for a moment. Which one of those is fake? Now, unless you have a trained eye or unless you somehow work for the Secret Service or maybe you've worked at a bank and they've learned or taught you how to spot the difference, I'm telling you right now, you can't tell the difference. But here's the point. Those two $10 bills both look the same, but one will buy you a value meal at McDonald's. The other one will put you in jail. One, you can go down and put $10 worth of gas in your car. The other one's not worth the paper it's printed on. In fact, it's actually worth a lot more than the paper it's printed on because you're going to end up getting fined and probably put to prison. But you can't tell the difference by just what you see on the surface. I should just make you wait, but I'll tell you in case you're wondering, and maybe you guessed it already, but you had a 50-50 chance. The fake bill is actually the bottom. The bottom one. Now, it's funny to me because the bottom one looks like it's in better shape. Uh, it looks like a better image, but it's actually the fakest. The top one, which is the one that looks a little fuzzier to me, is actually the real one. So, who'd have known? My point I'm making is, is that sometimes just taking things at face value, looking at them just from one set of a lens, isn't enough for us to determine... What's real and what's fake. But in some ways, the problem is we're kind of walking contradictions. I came across this and I thought it was quite humorous. Look at this. These are walking contradictions. Do not enter. Enter only. That is a walking contradiction. How about another one here? Let me put another one up here for you. How about this one? Do not enter. Entrance only. Now, what is it? Do you not enter? Do you enter there? It's very confusing. I got one more for you here. I like this one. This one's good. No pets allowed. All pets must be on a leash. That is the definition of a walking contradiction right there. And my favorite one is here. This is my favorite one is this. I don't know if you can see it quite well. It was taken on a glass Oh, but I'll read it for you. Open 24 hours, and then here at the bottom, it has the times that they're open. Seven. I thought that one was the best because, the, and I don't mean to be, I'm not saying this to kind of put a jab, but that's kind of like we are the church every day, but yet we are here at the church from 10 to 12 on Sunday. I thought that was kind of ironic in its description. Those are walking contradictions, and that's the problem. We have an image problem. 
and it's not noticeable at first glance. It's, it's not noticeable when everybody's standing in the same room and we're all dressed in our Sunday best, so to speak, and we have our hands lifted and we're singing, you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saves a wretch like me. Everybody looks the same. It's like, wow, look at this. But the problem is everybody doesn't look that way on Monday. That's the problem. The image problem is not a Sunday problem. We got that down. We've got the Sunday image down. We know what to do. We know how to act. We know how to make it work. The problem is the image that we're reflecting on Sunday or Monday is more like this. Where we're saying one thing, but we're doing something else. And the problem with that is we've created a contradiction. And that contradiction is actually undermining our message. And it's not like Jesus. But you see, if you just look at the surface, the image prop, the image, the image, uh, problem is, is, is not a surface problem. It's actually much deeper. It's beyond the surface. It's a heart problem. Because ultimately, what we say is not matching how we live. And, and, and that's the point, right? When I say, what makes you a Christian? Most of us go to what we do. Most of us go to how we look. Most of us go to, uh, um, other things that are more tangible. Again, we're talking about fruit matters here. This is fruit matters. We're going to get to it in a minute. But this is why fruit matters. Because ultimately, here's the problem. We look one way and we act another. And so then we create a contradiction. For example, we don't steal from someone else, but we slander. We don't fill in the blank, whatever we don't do, right? Put it on your list. Whatever is in your do not pile. But we have terrible attitudes. We are prideful. We're arrogant. We're impatient. We're rude. How about this one? We're unforgiving. And the big one here for all of us is most of us lack self-control. But yet, wait a minute, we want people to see Christ in us. We want to look like we're Christians. We want to do the Christian thing. But yet all these things are, are, are glaring in our lives. But yet we wonder why when people look at us, they don't see Jesus. They see someone almost like we're dressed up in a play. We're playing a character. We're playing a, we're, we're playing somebody that we're really not. And no offense in our world, they want authentic, want real. Fake doesn't make it. But that's the point. And I'm not saying this critically, but Christianity has tried to sell a real product on a counterfeit market. We try to say it's real, but yet when you peel the life back of most Christians, it doesn't really look all that real. We talk about the transformation of Jesus Christ, but yet all we've done is put lipstick on a pig. And I'm sorry, friend, you put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. These are not critical things. This is why fruit matters. Fruit matters. And there are some things you can't mask by going to church. There's some things you can't mask by checking boxes. And I'm going to say this, and I know I'm going to step on some toes, and that's okay. There's some things you can't mask by the way you dress. You can't mask it. Because the problem is it produces a contradiction. And you know what's really sad? There's sort of a... Uh, 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 and I know I'm going to offend somebody here and I don't, please, hopefully I don't offend you, but at least get you to think for a moment. There was, there's sort of a running joke sometimes is if you want something done right and good quality, don't hire a Christian to do the job. I said it, I know. Instead of going to a Christian, the first thing you think of, you're like, man, I need to hire somebody. I want to go to a Christian. 
Because I know they're going to be people of character. They're going to do what's right. They're going to make sure the things that they're doing are, are, are the best they can possibly do. Usually you go, mm-hmm. who's the scumbag out there? I'm hiring that guy because I know the Christian's going to probably undercut me, undermine me, and do the job in a way that if I say anything, some of you know what I'm talking about. Others, if you don't know what I'm talking about, some of you are just denying the truth and you know it's true. You see, we got to go back up to that trying to forgive thing. We talked about it, right? I'm just trying to help you see what the fruit of your life is. Let's see if I can, you can forgive me when it's done. Point I'm making is, is that fruit matters. Fruit matters. In fact, this is one of my favorite quotes I've ever read in this one. It's by Gandhi, and he says this, I like your Christ, I don't like your Christians, because your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Read that again, look at that on the screen for a moment, look at that. I like your Christ, I don't like your Christians, your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Again, this is not a bashing session, I'm trying to get you to realize fruit matters. Fruit matters. This is why fruit matters. Fruit matters. Fruit matters. Fruit matters. Because you know what's funny? The disciples and the early church had the opposite problem. You see, we look one way, we act another, and they go, huh? That doesn't add up. They actually had the opposite. They kind of look one way, but they acted in a way. It's like, wait a minute. They look like that, but they act like that. That doesn't make sense, but it's the opposite of us because let's go look at some scripture. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were illiterate and uneducated men, they marveled. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing with them, they had nothing to say against it. This is the ultimate contradiction. They looked at Peter and John and went, wait a minute. You guys look this way, but yet something here doesn't add up. Not in the way we are, not in the way where most of us is like, wait a minute, you do this way, you know, you carry the cross around your neck, you thump your Bible, but you act that way, that doesn't add up. No, it was like, wait a minute, you guys, there's nothing about you that jumps out into it. In fact, you guys don't look like anything at all, but something about you. Something about you just, we can't, we can't figure it out. We can't put our hands, our our finger on it. The only thing we can recognize is the fact you have been with Jesus. Who is recognizing, oh, come on, somebody. Who is recognizing their Christ-likeness? It wasn't Peter looking at John and going, hey, John, man, you, you just, you're just like Jesus. Well, thanks, Pete. I appreciate that. So are you, buddy. You're just like Jesus. Man, we just got it going on. High five for us. No. Go read Acts chapter 4. Who were the people? I won't give the punch on away. I want you to go read it. Who were the people that recognized the Jesus factor? Let's put it this way. It wasn't Jesus fans. It wasn't Jesus' groupies. That recognized these guys have been with Jesus. Oh, what a day that will be. When we, as the body of Christ, produce that kind of contradiction. We've done a good job at the one contradiction. But what a day that will be when we produce another contradiction. They go, wait a minute. Looking at y'all, don't look. Y'all just, there's nothing here that jumps out. But wait a minute. What is up with you? Why is it there's something about you Wait a minute, wait a minute. You, there's just something so real and genuine and authentic about you. And our answer won't be, well, you've got to come check out our church. You've got to go hear our pastor. You need to come worship with us and hear our music. It's no, wait a minute. I have been with Jesus. Where do you think the disciples, where did you think Peter and John got this mentality from? Where'd they learn this from? Well, let's go find out. Jesus gives them the blueprint of this life. John chapter 15, verse number one. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me. Say that with me. 
Every branch, not some branches, not a few branches, not the cool branches, not the spiritual branches, not the ones that, you know, just are uh, just have more free time than another. No, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Again, fruit matters. Verse three, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine. This is the verse here. Verse 5. This is our key verse. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. That literally means no thing. Not even one thing. If anyone does not abide in me. He is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them in the fire and they are burned. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Then verse eight, here we go. By this, by what? By the abiding. By this walking and abiding in him and this bearing fruit. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So will you be my disciples. There it is right there. Jesus had come back earlier in John chapter 13 and it said, by this shall all men know you're my disciples, but you have loved one for another. Then he comes in John 15 and says, oh, by the way, let's just talk that out a little long, or farther. Because let's just say the fact, well, I, you know, I love, 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 love. All we need is love. No, no, it's not just the fact that you are loving one another that makes you my my disciple. It's actually a fruit-bearing thing. You love not because it's a, well, all I got to do to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is love. I can do that. I love you. 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 We all love everyone. Well, that's it. Done. I'm a disciple. I love. No. What Jesus was saying is that love one for another is the identifying mark, but love one for another is the fruit of Christ-likeness. It's not the goal. It's the fruit. Notice this, and this is the point you got to get today. Because here's the, here's the, the big issue today when you leave here and we get into this series deeper um, and we start breaking down some of the things here about specifically what fruit he was talking about. If you look at this as a fruit, well, it's going to be my goal. I want to have love. I want to have joy. I want to have peace. I want to have, uh, ooh, ooh, I want to have uh, patience. I want to have uh, mm, faithfulness and goodness and kindness. I want to have all those. I want to have it. I want to have it. I want to have it. And then it becomes your goal. That's not how it works. These are the fruit of the Spirit. The evidence of the Spirit in our life. They are the fruit. They're not the tree. The tree is abiding in Christ. The tree is walking with Him. The tree is connected to Him as the branch. We are the branch. He is the vine. It's connecting to Him. If we're connected with Him, how do we know that we're connected? We're connected with Him because we are bearing fruit. Well, what fruit? We're going to get into the specifics of what fruit that is. Galatians 20, uh, Galatians 5 begins to tell us a list of that fruit. But notice here, this is the problem we get into when we start talking about fruit and fruit matters. It's like, okay, well then, all right, fruit, I've got to do fruit. Fruit's a checklist. I got to go, okay, well, you know, Pastor Joel said fruit matters and then Jesus said I got to bear fruit. So that's my focus. I want to be a fruit bearer. And then you're praying and you're fasting. You're believing God, make me a fruit bearer. Fruit, 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 fruit. And we become consumed with bearing fruit. The problem is if the if the outcome is your goal and all you care about the outcome and what the outcome looks like, you're going to skip steps along the way that you're going to deem unnecessary because to you, they don't care about it. Doesn't it doesn't affect the outcome. For example, if I say for you, I want if I if I give you a picture of a house. And I say to you. um. I want you to build a house like this. You 
no good and well. You're not just going to get some, uh, well, if I'm going to build a house, I got to go get some siding and windows and some paint and some shingles because that's all I need. I got, I want to make it look like that. You know that what that house looks like is not how it was built in construction and what makes it a house. Right behind me here to my right, you can see on this shelf here uh, as part of uh, my Lego collection. There's a term for that. It's A-fall. It's an adult fan of Lego. I have a, a Lego collection behind me that's part of a collection that we have here scattered throughout the house. And the thing with your constructing Legos is so funny. You see a picture on the package. And you start to construct that. But in the beginning, they have you doing things that look nothing like the package. They look nothing like what you're building. Just on the other side over there, um, I've used it before, but it's literally running on the side of the screen, and I don't want to go over there and pick it up, so I'll probably drop it. Is I have the the ti- Lego Titanic. It's it's you can't even I can't even put it on screen here. It's at least that big, probably. And when we were constructing, my daughter and I built it together, and we were building it. Um, there's so many things in the interior of that uh, Titanic that you never see. They're not even a part of what you see uh, when you look at the the model, but they were important to the construction because the 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 full picture the model is the fruit of the process and what's funny if i had just said look i want to build this ship and i just want to build the exterior it probably would fall break apart because it's not strong enough to withstand because it hasn't gone through the process when i say fruit matters i'm not suggesting or should we go around only focusing on fruit Okay, well, fruit matters then. Well, that's it. That's my, that's my goal. I've got to be love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, patience, you know, self-control. I've, these are my, these are my goals. I finally, I've, I've hacked the system. These nine things are my goal. I don't need to look at anything else. Nope, not it. They're the fruit. Fruit of what? It's the fruit of abiding. Notice, he get, let's go back to that scripture again. Let's look at some highlighted parts of that scripture. I'm the true vine. Okay. All right. Let's identify something. He's the source. That's what he's saying. Let's just get this right off the gate. It's me. If anything's happened, it's because of me. I, I, I'm the vine. I'm the vine. I'm the vine. Every tree. Now I love this. Look at that second highlighted. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear for fruit. Wait a minute. If fruit is the, let's go back here just a second. I want you to see my face for a second. This is why I say, if fruit is the goal, then why prune me when I'm bearing fruit? Because I've done my job. I've produced fruit. Done. End of story. Move on to something else. I've got it. Check. No, he said, you know what? Fruit is not The goal, abiding is the goal. Fruit is the evidence of abiding. Because when you get fruit, I'm actually going to prune you so that we can abide more, that there be more fruit. Notice this then. Abide in me and I in you. That two-way street there. It's me in him, but him in me. And then verse 5 is the verse there. I'm divine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Zero. And then finally, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, that you will be my disciples. Notice that. Notice those keys. And what's even more amazing about this passage of Scripture is, let's highlight just a few verses here, verses 4 through 7. Look at this here. What stands out to you? Ready? What stands out to you? Abide, 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 abide. In four verses, 4, 5, 6, and 7, Four verses, the word abide is used seven times. And by the way, in case you're wondering, Jesus didn't have a stuttering problem. Look at that. So if he says the word abide seven times, let's time this for a second. Because notice that uh, 
Um, I'm going to read this again, but I'm going to time myself because in the original, this Jesus wasn't sent, Jesus wasn't talking in verses. He didn't say, "Verse four, abide in me." Verse five, guys, I'm about to tell you verse five. He's talking. So in real time, I'm going to read this in my best Jesus voice, and I'm going to see how long it takes me. All right. So let me start the timer. Three, two, one. Abide in me and I am you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Stop. 36 seconds. In 36 seconds, and maybe Jesus paused for effect. Maybe he paused for a moment. Maybe it was more like, I'm the vine. I don't know if Jesus had a preacher voice. Maybe he did. Maybe he was, I am the vine. <laughs> you are the branches. I don't think he did that, but even if he did, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Pause for effect. He who abides in me. Pause for effect. And I in him. Pause for effect. Bears much fruit. Even if he said it like that, at best, it was a minute. I did 35 seconds and I read fairly slow. If Jesus paused for effect in that same words, maybe a minute. How important is it to Jesus that he says the same word seven times in one minute? Every 10 seconds or nine seconds, eight seconds, whatever it comes out to, about eight seconds, eight and a half seconds. Every eight and a half seconds, Jesus is saying, abide, abide, abide. Or if he read it like me in 35 seconds, if he said it like me in 35 seconds, he said abide every five seconds. Abide, three, four. Abide, two, three, four. Abide, one, two, three, four. Abide, one, two. Wait a minute. I think he's trying to tell us something here. The word abide there is this. It means to stay in a given place, a state, a condition, a relation, to continue, to dwell, to endure, to present, to remain, to wait for. It means to stay, to remain, to be present, to dwell. That's not a Sunday type walk. You're not abiding if you just come on Sunday. And you give God your two-hour abiding session. I don't care if you're as sincere as the day is long. That's not abiding. Abiding is to continue to dwell, to stay. Abiding is a 24-7, 365-day connection with Jesus Christ and His Spirit. That means He's never disconnected. It's never, well, I'm going on vacation and I worked hard. It's my time. My vacation is for me. Or, oh man, you know, Monday through Friday is a tough. It's weekend, Saturday, day off, my day. Sorry, God, I'll get you tomorrow. It's my day. That's not abiding. And that's the problem. Christianity has been built with an on-off switch. We switch God on. We switch God off. We switch God on. We switch God off. And because of that, it creates ultimate contradictions. No pets allowed. All pets must be on a leash. What are we? Are we Christian or not? Do we walk with God or are we not? This is the problem. And at the core, I have faced this problem more in the last couple of years to realize how much this was ingrained into my religious thinking. And I'm sorry, it's religious thinking at the core. Religious thinking at the core. Religion is not about abiding. Religion is about doing. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you just contradicted yourself because you said we should be doers of the word and not hearers. You're right, we should be. But it's not about doing to do. It's about doing for the purpose of abiding and getting in Christ and becoming passionate about transformation and being Christ-like. And God, whatever you've got to do in me, whatever you've got to show me so I can become more like you. And the fruit of that produces things in my life.
Fruit matters. Fruit matters. It matters to Jesus Christ and it matters to our identity and the people that should be seeing the fruit more than anybody. It's not our fellow believers. The people that should be recognizing the fruit are the same people that recognize the fruit in Acts chapter 4. It should be the people we're coming in contact with every day that they don't recognize. They may not understand. Wait a minute. I don't get it, but there's something here. We had a lady the other day. My wife was telling me we had a lady come to our house for some business. And she said, you know, she she laughed. She said, I could tell by the way she was reacting and what she was saying. She recognized there was something different about our house and she was trying to articulate it, but she couldn't understand what she was trying, what she was feeling. And so the way she articulated it wasn't equating to really what it is she could you could tell my wife said you could tell she felt something that's not because we're pastors that's not because somehow my wife and i are perfect people you can come to our house and see our imperfections it's because we have jesus christ in here every day we don't flip the switch on we're live antioch west live okay everybody hey guys start acting like christians we're on live right now they're watching. Praise the Lord. Good to see you. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. Very, very good to have you. Thank you. Now, trust me, there are some days it's ugly. There's some days you come around here, it's ugly. There's some days you might be standing on the street and hear how ugly it is. The fact of the matter is, it's not our perfection or lack thereof. That's the point. The fact that it is, is that in this, you're going to find failure, but you're going to find forgiveness. In here, you're going to find you're going to find patience and love and peace and long suffering because there's fruit of the evidence that Christ abides in us. Fruit matters. I put this here in your introduction. You'll read it today, but I thought it was, I'll read it here because I think it's, it was such a good little story. A little boy went to a pastor's house where the pastor was doing carpentry in his garage. The boy stood there and watched him. For quite a long time, the pastor wondered why this boy was watching him and why he was so curious. And so he stopped and said, son, are you trying to pick up some pointers on how you should build something? The little boy replied, no, I'm just waiting to hear what a pastor says when he hits his thumb with a hammer. Fruit matters. Fruit matters. Our attention is not on fruit. Our attention should be coming, becoming more like Jesus Christ. Becoming more like Jesus Christ should produce fruit. Notice that. It's not fruit so that we can abide. It's abiding that we can have the evidence of fruit. If we focus on fruit, we'll skip the abiding. If we focus on the abiding, we'll get the fruit. That's the problem. We've tried to bypass and hack the system. Well, I'm going to have fruit. Okay. I'm going to do this and dress like this and act like this and go here and don't do this. And I don't do those things. That's not what Christians do. And we give our list of our, uh, we give the list of things that we abstain from and we give the list of all the stuff we're against and we give all that list. And here, here we go. There's my Christian list right here. But yet there's no abiding and then there's no fruit. Go back in scripture and read it. They looked at Peter and John and go, yeah, you guys are ignorant, unlearned men, but we recognize you've been with Jesus. That was their fruit. What was the fruit of the Pharisees? They were doing, they were, they were doing a lot. Their participation was off the charts. Their Bible's reading was off the charts. Their, 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 uh, their, uh, spirituality was on display for everybody. But Jesus one day absolutely took those guys to task and said, you guys worry about the outside, but your inside is filthy. If you would worry about the inside, the outside would take care of yourself. Let's translate that into John 15. You guys are trying to bear fruit without abiding in me. And I tell you, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. So notice all this comes back to abiding. And how do you know that you're abiding? Because you have fruit. And what's that fruit? Because notice in Galatians, we'll get to this next week. 
in Galatians. Galatians gives us two lists. That if you're living in the flesh, here's the fruit of the flesh. If you're living in the spirit, here's the fruit of the spirit. Wait a minute. It's not, okay, I got to stop doing this and start doing this. It's like, no, I've got to stop living in the flesh and start living in the spirit. And what's the evidence of my life in the spirit? And when I talk about the spirit, I'm not talking about just walking around all day going, what are you doing? I'm living in the spirit. You know, I tell people it's, it's, you know, God's not expecting you to go to McDonald's and, you know, uh, Welcome to McDonald's. Can I get your order, please? Yes. Can I get a cheeseburger? Ha! Large, large fry. He got out of heat. Got out of heat. And and can I get a um a a small small diet? Hey! Medium diet Coke. Oh yes! Oh hallelujah! Hallelujah! Throw in an apple pie. They're going to look at you like, um, sir, I don't think you need McDonald's. You may need something somewhere else. We can't help you here. That's not what it means to live in the spirit. Living in the spirit is abiding in him. Living in the spirit is walking with him. I'm trying to do this every day because, you know, to be honest with you, there was many, many seasons in my life where I had the, I was, I was, I had fruit. But the fruit wasn't coming from abiding. I I knew how to produce the right fruit. I'm not talking about the Galatians chapter 5 fruit. I'm talking about, but I knew how to produce the right fruit through my own efforts to show everybody how good of a Christian I was. But I had no spiritual fruit. I had no self-control, patience, long-suffering. Gentleness, meekness. One of the ones right now, God is just hammering me on. And I'm failing. Lord, help me by your grace. Humility. Humility. Humility in the face of accusation. Humility in the face of criticism. Humility. That's true Christ-like natures. That's what it means to bear fruit. Fruit matters and fruit matters in this world we're living in because we must be bearers of fruit. We can no longer hide behind the banner of church. We can no longer hide behind the banner of Christianity because both of those have been polluted. Both of those have been perverted in the eyes of the world. And therefore, hiding behind those labels doesn't speak good of us. In fact, it usually puts us in a category of, okay, well, and I put this in your notes, so you'll see it when you get them today. But uh, they they surveyed a group of 16 to 29-year-olds to determine what they thought about Christians and Christianity. And the survey results discover that non-Christians constantly use the words or consistently use the words like hypocritical, insensitive, and judgmental to describe Christians. We got a fruit problem because fruit matters. Fruit matters. And the reason why fruit matters is because we'll look at this on Sunday and then we'll be back on social media Monday. We'll look at this Sunday, but we'll forget about what it means to abide by Tuesday. We carve out time for God on Sunday, but we're too busy Wednesday because we're binge-watching shows on Netflix. Or we're so inundated that when we go to our screen time on our phone, it says four hours on Instagram, three hours on Facebook, five hours on TikTok, six hours on YouTube, whatever it might be. But I'm so busy, God, I don't have time to abide. We're only deceiving ourselves. But if we would abide in him, if we would abide in him, if we would abide, let's put that verse back up there one more time if I can here. This verse here. Uh, let me use this one here. 
I am the vine, verse 5 in green there. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branch. He who abides in me and I him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Say it with me again. Fruit matters. Fruit matters. That's what this equipping series is about. It's about fruit matters. It matters to God. And he wants to put his identifying mark in your abiding by having your life bear fruit. And not just fruit, he wants it to be abundant fruit. But more importantly, fruit that remains. That's the challenge. Father, we thank you today. We embrace this word with faith. God, even though it may not be what we want to hear, it's what we need to hear. Thank you for challenging us today. I pray, God, that you would speak into every heart today, penetrate even the thickest of our walls of pride and self-righteousness, penetrate even through the darkest places of our flesh, shine the light of your word and your spirit in our hearts that we can receive of you and that we can be transformed to be like you in Jesus name. One more time. If you would like to receive the guide to today and you're not going to be going to a small group or maybe you're going to a small group and you still want to, you can receive the electronic version by emailing us at my Antioch, Antioch at my and just simply saying the word notes. You can receive this copy. We will have that sent out to you today. You'll receive it. Take it with you to your small group. Again, there are some small group Questions in here we'll be talking about today in your small group, but also more importantly, this is a guide book or a guide. I don't want to call it a book. It's seven pages. I don't want to panic you, but this is a guide for you to take and apply for the next two weeks in your abiding in him until next time. God bless you.